This is Existential, the podcast that reminds us that we're human first before we're anything else. And from that place, we can hear each other's stories and experiences as we wrestle with issues of justice, faith, and culture. I'm your host, Corey Leak. Thanks for listening. Well, Existential, today on the podcast, we have um, an incredible guest. I, I feel very, very privileged to have with us. And I say us because um, Julie's actually helping me host this podcast. We have a young lady who has an incredible story to tell um, named Tiana Day, who is on our podcast. She's a local Bay Area native and recently has done something awesome that we'll get to. But first, Tiana, why don't you just introduce yourself to everybody, tell everyone, you know, something, a little something about yourself and, and then we'll get into your story. Yeah, hi everyone. I'm Tiana Day. I'm a 17-year-old from San Ramon, California, um, Bay Area, born and raised. My dad's out of Richmond. My mom's out of South San Francisco. Um, I just graduated from Jordy Valley High School, and I'm planning to go to California Baptist in Riverside next year and do cheerleading and stunt. That's kind of my passion and, you know, kind of take off with my new nonprofit that we'll probably get into a little bit later on. That's awesome. That's awesome. So Tiana, um, you did something pretty remarkable. <laughs> um, you and a friend that I guess um, you recently met. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're friends now. <laughs> you were able to organize and correct me if I'm wrong. The first ever black yep. lives matter March mm-hmm. protest. And you guys march across the Golden Gate Bridge. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Please tell us more about that. <laughs> so I'm just going to start right in the beginning. Um, it started on, I, earlier this week, led a protest in San Ramon, which is my community, my hometown. And it was just kind of, it was really exciting just to see everyone out supporting for the same thing. It was extremely extremely unifying just seeing my community come out together as one to support one cause that represents me coming out of um, San Ramon. If you don't know, it's a suburban town. There's not a lot of black people out here. I could probably count the amount of black kids at my high school on my fingers if I wanted to, you know, it's, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of us. And within time in high school, it's helped. It's definitely made me lose my identity a little bit. It's, made me out of touch with my faith in God. Like you guys said, you're Christian. I'm also Christian. I'm going to Cal Baptist Christian school, but, um, yeah, I definitely lost my touch with God. I've lost faith with my own culture. It's kind of like high school is already a hard time, but growing up when you are completely the odd one out, you try to be like everyone else. And I feel like just seeing that in San Ramon that everyone was supporting me who was, you know, kind of leading this and saying, you know, now that I'm a senior and I'm leaving, I just graduated, but I'm still going to leave my mark here because I have little sisters who are going to be going to the school and, you know, I want to make a difference in my community. Mm-hmm. So it started off there, um, was amazing. It gave me kind of a fire under me, a little fire under me. And I wanted to run with it. I just had all this passion and throughout the week, you know, I got a lot of support from that. I spoke at the protest. There was about um, maybe a thousand, two thousand people in San Ramon. And then I saw the next day, which was, I think, Thursday, um, just scrolling through. I followed an account called Bay Area Protest just to stay in the loop. 
And Friday, I saw in the morning an ad for a flyer of the Golden Gate State, the Golden Gate Bridge um, protest, and it was held by, or this girl had obtained a, a permit for it, and she was commenting under it like, "Is anyone? Can anyone come help lead this for me?" Like, you know, she was she's a white girl out of Marin, and she's like, "I." obviously can't lead it it's not my place it's not mm. my community but this is going to be an amazing experience and i was like mm. hold on so this is happening tomorrow and you don't have a leader for this mm. and i was like this is either god telling me this is your moment or this is just like i was just i was shocked i was like there's absolutely no way i'm going to pass up this opportunity so i dm the girl her name's mimi zoila um now one of my close friends after mm. two days and um, we, we connected immediately. You know, our personalities match. She's only 19. I'm only 17. And we talked all day, all night. I drove up to San Francisco with my mom. And actually, all this, while all this was happening, I contacted her. I was at a protest in Pleasanton. So I was making the flyer for the protest the next day while at a protest, while walking, you know, had my sign in my hand and my other hand was like typing, 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 texting her. (laughs) And um, we ended up, we ended up making flyers, pushing those out. And my, my post got 300 likes and we thought at most 300 people because, you know, Mm. only 300 people saw the post. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, from there, we I got three cases of water bottles. I thought that'd be enough for everyone. And <laughs> the next the next day, we we popped up at the scene, and there was a lot more than three hundred people there. Yeah. yeah, have you heard how many people? I've seen pictures, and the Golden Gate Bridge from end to end is covered with people. Have you have yes. you heard how many people were at this this demonstration? No, I continuously try to look for the answer because this this is just mind blowing. But I've heard from some people it's like tens of thousands. Someone said a hundred thousand. Like oh it's really God. there's no idea because the Golden Gate Bridge it's two miles one way. But mm-hmm. I can tell you guys that feeling coming under the bridge and walking on the other side and walking and seeing the other side of the bridge just filled with people that entire two miles there and once i got to the end that's two miles back of people following me and of course i didn't know because i'm leading the pack you know wow. i'm only five foot <laughs> so i can't look behind <laughs> me and see anyone so i was like there's there's no way that there's four miles of people behind me right now and i'm wow. leading this pact so oh i there's I can't give you a number. <laughs> I can't Tiana, give you a number how many people were there. Tiana, what made you, what, like, so first off, I like the fact that you, like, lost over the fact that there were a thousand people at a protest <laughs> as you led a couple <laughs> days before that, like, it's nothing, right? And I had friends that went to the San Ramon protest, and they said there were, like, 4,000 awesome. folks there, right? So what is it that, like, that, that was burning inside of you that said, I, I'm going to organize a protest in San Ramon. I'm going to attend one in Pleasanton. And while I'm at this one, I'm going to help lead one at the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. Like, what is this fire that burns in you that says, I have to do something? Yeah. So um, I guess that's to really, really take it back to the beginning of last week. Um, there was a bunch of people who were getting called out at Doherty Valley High School for using racial slurs. And of oh. course, as high schoolers, that is something that everyone's really familiar with, you know, black culture, they use the N word a lot, but 
and it's a lot of black students don't really call out their friends for using racial slurs because it's just a part of culture these days that's what they say and you know being in the bay area with it being so diverse it's like everyone says it Mm -hmm. but that shouldn't make it okay so so once i started seeing these videos some of my close friends um the one that really got to me was actually a girl i'm a cheerleader like i said um Mm -hmm. she i helped her make the cheer team and you know i put in so much work so much effort to try and help make sure she got onto the best team she could you know made friends people were nice to her spent all summer working with her and um i'd hang out with her after school she was an underclassman she was a freshman i think and um i saw a video of her using the n-word with a hard r calling someone that and i was like girl i've let you in my house my family has driven you places i helped to make the team all your friends you got are i've helped to get all the friends you got like there's no way i'm seeing this right now so obviously i'm outraged i was like are you kidding this is terrible and that's when this switch just flipped in my mind and i was like you know what if this can surface there's a whole lot of other kids in this area who are saying this and you know what this is it's time it's time Mm. so there all these other things are coming out i decided to make a thread on twitter and my twitter platform at the time was like 150 followers wasn't that many people um i made this thread of over 70 like 60 to 70 kids from my school that i knew personally um videos of them saying the n-word pictures and screenshots of them saying the n-word offensively just like and i was like these are our friends these are people Mm -hmm. and if you don't know doherty valley um to the viewers listening we are a school that is california distinguished school one of the top public schools in california it is super super academic based kids there have like 4.3 gpas like all they care about is college and i'm like you guys think you're going to college you're gonna mm. come go saying mm. all these these yeah. racial slurs yeah like they're not they that's not the kind of thing that people add like want at their college that's not the kind mm. of people that that's not going to get you far and for me i didn't do it to try to call anyone out and you know ruin anyone's life and you know with exposing these people is what everyone's saying is came with death threats came a lot of hate to my family they exposed my phone number they exposed my email they exposed my home address um i had a graduation party with my family and someone texted me like hey i saw a post that you need to take down all your graduation decorations outside your house because people are driving around santa Monica looking for them right now and they're going to try to egg your house they're going to try to spray paint your car um they're mad they're angry and i tried this whole time you know my whole thing is leading with love and i've continuously said like this wasn't to hurt anyone it's just to bring awareness to this community because parents don't know staff doesn't know faculty doesn't know and some students are just completely oblivious that this is a huge problem at our school yeah covid is a huge pandemic but this is an epidemic like this is going to keep growing this is going to keep being a problem and if we want to attack the problem what better way to attack the problem during the black lives matter movement and you know the power is in the youth that's my i love i love continuing to say that because we really are the generation that's going to change things we're the generation that watch change with a generation that will create change and make it different for our kids when they go to school 
So I was like, yeah, I'm going to call these people out and you guys are all going to hate me, but I'm not going to school here anyways next year. <laughs> like, it's, it's time. Good for it's you. Tiana, yeah, do you so- have a birth certificate that we can prove that you're actually 17 years old? <laughs> so like, like, I'm listening to you talk like, <laughs> like this, is not a, this is not a high school. When I was in high school, I couldn't have put half of these sentences together to talk like this about, about a movement as big and receive the threats that you received and to, to, to talk and, and to occupy your space with such dignity. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, who, who are you? Like, this is, that, that's an amazing story. Amazing. Aww, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, high school has been, it's been something for me, something different. I definitely didn't have the most, the normal experience. I started off with a good group of friends, fell off with them, got into the wrong crowd, got into, you know, the crowd of the, all the black kids, which was seen as the ghetto group. And, you know, these are everyone who's getting into fights. And there was sophomore year, I actually got jumped by the girls who were my best friends at Great America. They followed me there and I was out of school for two months with a concussion. Um, I was hospital. Yeah. I had to go to the hospital. I was, it was crazy. So that's another, another story, but that took me out of school for two months. Then I started doing independent study along with taking a few classes at Doherty Valley. So I was like two periods in the morning and then I'd have to go home and do the rest of my work at home because my brain literally couldn't retain the information. I couldn't, I was just having such a hard time learning. Um, and it, it affected me a lot. So with all of that being said, definitely lost my identity in high school and feel like I'm finally finding it in this movement. And that's why I advocate for it so strongly, you know, um there's a lot of things that like that that are it's i wouldn't say my story's common (laughs) because there's that's just like a a slice of it you know that's just one story um that i have out of a a trillion from high school i just haven't had the normal high school experience but i like to use those lessons i've learned and try to look at them in a different way. Like, what has this taught me? Where is this going to take me in life? And what can I do with these to turn them into positivity? It's amazing. Thank you. Took your high school experience and you've recently graduated Mm -hmm. and that you're saying that's what inspired you to get involved in the San Ramon protests. Yeah, just seeing all the people who were just, and honestly, it was just because it's, people in my area are extremely uneducated on black, the black culture. Mm. And so I decided once I started taking that to social media, I also made a snippet video on Instagram, just explaining what the N word means, why it's prevalent in black culture, because I believe it's something that bonds black people together. It's taking positivity right. and turning it. I mean, it's taking negative, something very negative and turning it into something positive that bonds us. And if you're not black, you should not be using the word because you don't, you don't have the same struggle that's attached to that word. You don't know where right. it came from and you don't know the pain that comes with it. But now, nowadays when black people use it, it's not painful anymore. It's, Hey, like kind of just mocking, kind of mocking what happened in the past and saying, no, we're going to take control of this. This is our word now. And it has a positive meaning to us. But once you start using it, it brings back all the negative memories. So I I made a video about that on my Instagram. It's about five minutes in my bathroom, 
just talking mm-hmm. about it and my bathroom floor literally I was recording it for like five hours I was like oh my god I stuttered <laughs> like going back and forth my dad's like what are you doing I was like stop don't bother me right now you'll see them in a minute he's like what are you Tiana I'm like no dad just leave me alone so, Tiana um COVID has taken um I don't know what Doherty Valley did for a graduation, but certainly I'm sure it wasn't the same type of graduation that you were anticipating having. How has that been for you? Like as a, as a, as a high school student, a black high school student, not having that ceremony where your family and people from yeah. out of town could come and, and celebrate you, who is obviously a phenomenal woman. Um, thank you. It's honestly, once it, so I'm, like I said, do stunt. It's competitive cheer. It's basically a sport version. I compare it to basketball. There's four quarters and it's, you're competing against another team with a cheerleading routine. And, um, it just COVID ended up happening two weeks after my season had started. And I just became captain. It was kind of like a huge thing for me. You know, this was something I was super passionate about and it was getting taken from me. And in the beginning, I was hurt. I was like, why is this happening? You know, it was right before I was supposed to visit my college that I'm going to go to, um, right before my visit. And so I kind of had to sign to a college without visiting ever. I've never gone to the college, and I'm saying now I'm going to spend the next year there. I'm going to live there. So hopefully that goes well. But, um, yeah, it's been it's been crazy. I'm actually picking up my diploma tomorrow. We're having like a little memory drive at three. So I'm going to, going to grab that and hopefully be out of there. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's, it's been something crazy. Online learning for me has definitely been really difficult. And I have spoke, I spoke to another student about this, actually. They're asking about me about, um, just education in general, like being a black student in an area that's so academically gifted. Like it's, Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize that because of systematic, um, oppression like we as black students don't get the same needs um we have Mm. different needs than other students you know we are already low like perform lower and Mm -hmm. i mean of course there's there's some people some black students who are just academically gifted but for the majority of us we perform lower because we already have low self-esteem once it comes to um talking about school and being successful in education it's already instilled in us that oh you're not going to be as successful as black as as a white woman or as a white man so um i was talking to someone about that and they actually did a study on doherty valley students and all of the black students performed significantly lower than the asian and indian and white population that's more prevalent in my area and um i just asked for my opinion on it and i was like yeah i you can (laughs) ask me because I, yeah. during COVID, have not done little, little to any, to mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. work at all. It was just so difficult for me. Um, being at a school like that where the pressure's high, you know, everyone's SAT scores are 1,500 and above. I am first to say, you know, I scored under 1,000 on my mm-hmm. SAT score. And I think people really think you know if you don't have the grades you're not going to college but I every college I apply to I got into and I think honestly it had like nowadays the criteria is changing for colleges and you really have to be a well-rounded person you have to have a voice you have to be making a difference you have to be doing something and it's not about your academics and where you came from like if you really want to be successful you will be successful regardless of 
if you can, you know what A squared plus B squared equals C squared is. You know, like things that you have to be street smart in order to be successful. It's not, it's not a, it's not textbook work that you can learn in order to just have a good life. You know, I feel like I'm living my life to the fullest right now. I'm have never been happier. And I'm Mm. someone who has struggled with depression, anxiety, you know, obviously was gone through a lot just in high Mm -hmm. school in general, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. have had my dark days and I'm still coming out on top in my, in my opinion, like I'm still doing exactly what I feel like my purpose here on life is. And I Mm want to push that for youth, um, youth advocates just to keep it going because there is a bigger picture for you with God, with life. And there's a plan that you gotta, you have to follow through with because at the end of the day, it's God's story. It's not yours. You're just here to, you're here to walk in the shoes. <laughs> yeah, Tiana, just a couple more things before we get to what you're doing right now. I just, I want to yeah. say this to you. Then, I, Babe, I don't know if you have a question you want to ask her, and I definitely want to talk about what you're doing in the future. But, Tiana, I know um, one person who has led the only ever Black Lives Matter march across the Golden Gate Bridge, and that's you. So <laughs> regardless of what your SAT scores are, what you've been through in high school, um, it is so amazing to see how God is directing and pushing and driving you and how you are able to put together what's happening in front of you. Like you are, you are so present with what's going on in front of you and in your life. And you are, I, I can't, I'm like just excited that we get to be a very small part of the story that like years from now, when people are listening back to existential that you would have been a guest on, on existential, Aww. like that we can say, we'll be like, yeah, Tiana was on right, right after, like after you're the president or something, we'll be able to like <laughs> say that you were on the podcast. I'm just, I'm so, I said it off before we recorded. I'm going to say it again. We're not your parents, but I am so, so proud of you. I'm proud of how you are putting all of this in perspective. I'm proud of what you led. I'm proud of who you are. You are an example of Black Girl Magic. Like um, <laughs> that, that I mean, that hashtag absolutely applies to you. So thank you so much for everything that you represent and everything that you are. But I don't absolutely. know if you got another question. Before well, I you... just wanted you to tell us, Tiana, what it is that you are working on now. Tell us about your foundation that you are starting. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that, Corey. Um, but me and my dad have decided... We are going to start a nonprofit. It's called Youth Advocates for Change. It's all about advocating, um, obviously, the youth for what you believe in um, to make these social justice issues surface and be more talked about in the youth culture. Because like I said earlier, our generation will be the one to change it. Our generation will be the one to overcome things. And we can see it already. These protests are different from the protests that we've had in the past with the Black Lives Matter movement. These, the, with technology we have these days and social media, it's so much easier to, you know, project on a platform. And I was talking to actually a lady from the Washington Post yesterday about this. And I said, our technology, I mean, to all our, my parents' generation and older generations, they watch the news. The news is a filtered version of what's going on in the world. We turn mm-hmm. to social media. We turn to Twitter. We turn to people who are speaking their own version of the story. You're right. seeing a thousand different perspectives on one issue. And I think that's why we're so different is because we're not learning what the textbook 
is telling us. We're not learning from what the news or what the government is putting out. We're learning from each other. I'm learning mm. from, I'm learning about other people's cultures because they're telling me their story personally, unfiltered, you know, with whatever language they use, with anything that they feel, mm. you know, it's, it's pure emotion and it's pure, just, it's, I just like to think that with what's going on right now, we are all as a youth binding together. This is our way of being within one, you know, making a union with each other um, through technology. Like I said, I didn't even know the girl that I organized the bridge thing with. And now I've seen her every single day since it happened. (laughs) And now we're texting and we act like we've known each other for a lifetime. And, you know, I told her, made her pinky promise, you're going to be at my wedding one day. You know, we're going to be forever lifelong friends because of what we did, what we overcame this, this weekend. And for it to be a black girl and a white girl working together, like that's, that's pretty huge. That's a big thing. It's, it's really showing that, you know, regardless it it's racism is taught. Racism is taught by the parents, you know, and we will be the generation to teach our kids to love, to lead with love Mm -hmm. and to spread love and Mm -hmm. to continue to give off love and just project that because if you start teaching your child something, they will run with it and they will teach their children something. But mm-hmm. there's videos surfacing on social media of people with racist parents who are yelling back at their racist parents saying, no, you're wrong. Mm. You are not correct. And I do not agree with you. And if you don't want me to live under your roof, then so be it. But what you're saying is incorrect and I'm going to stand for oh. my word. And I think that is really, it just shows that by itself can speak for our generation and what we're capable of. That's amazing. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, Tiana, I'll make sure that people can get to you through their, your social media handles. Yeah. And I'll have all of that stuff in the show notes and anything so that people can just follow your journey and stay connected to you and the work that you and your dad are doing. I think this it's amazing. I'm so, so excited to see what comes all of this. What, what and they have, all a, of this. they have a GoFundMe that they've started. Okay. Yes. We will also put that make that available to everyone on the podcast as well to be able to support you through your GoFundMe. Yeah, our GoFundMe is um, just advocating for Black students. Um, I like to say, especially in the year 2020, my dad wants to keep continuing to say, we're going to do this year by year because Mm. we will continue to do it. But especially in 2020, you know, facing this adversity with Black Lives Matter, with COVID, Black students are really struggling right now. And there's Mm. a lot of Black students who are, not able to get the same opportunities and go to a great school the way that you know white students are or other other races but right now they need us the most and so we are creating a we created a gofundme for people to donate money and we want to give that away for scholarship money so they can have equal opportunities to go to the schools they want you know live their dreams because i said in my speech at the golden gate protest um when i i shared the story about a girl named ayana jones um she's killed in detroit um by a swat team and she was only seven years old so that was back in 2010 and now today she would be 17 which is my age and if when i was seven years old if you asked me what what i wanted to be when i grow up i'd probably say a movie star or a princess i wouldn't say alive but black kids these days say they want to be alive they say they want to grow up to be 18 years old they say they want to grow up to graduate they want to they want to go do something with their lives and their lives are getting ended before they even start 
So that's why we really created this GoFundMe and we're starting to do this, you know, youth advocates, youth advocates for change, because once we start speaking out, people will hear us. If we continue to speak out and we will, you know, not, not be silenced, they will hear us eventually. Mm-hmm. They have to hear us. Right. So that's, sure. that's really what, what we preach for, um, for this nonprofit that we're pushing forward and really excited to launch that and start giving out those, those scholarships to people who really deserve it and people who really deserve the opportunity. Yeah, man. Yeah, that is so great. Folks, make sure that you uh, go to the show notes to find that GoFundMe, to find Tiana's Instagram. Tiana, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. We were, we're just so thrilled that you uh, were able to come on with us today. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys so much for having me and letting me share my story. Really, it means the world to me. It really does. And we will continue to be in touch and hear more about your story. We look forward to hearing about what you have planned in the future, and we will definitely keep in touch. Yes, please. For sure. I'd love to. (laughs) Well, folks, thank you for listening. Thank you for all of you uh, who have subscribed to the podcast, who've rated and reviewed it. I'd like to thank Comfort Fit for the music. The song that you're hearing, once again, is called Sorry. I'd love to give a shout out to all of you who are part of the Patreon community. Thank you for being a part of that community and supporting this work and for helping us to contend for a better world, one conversation at a time.